All right, guys, welcome to another episode of The Lockdown Lowdown. I am your host, Misha Aravena, and today we are talking about some selected conspiracy theories. Yes, very interesting topic, but before we begin, let me introduce my panel. I have Mr. Alex Pope. Say hello. Hello, friends. Oh, God, that was so lame. Anyway, <laughs> we have the incomparable Mr. Andrew Stupart say hello. You keep calling me incomparable. I don't know what that means, but I'll take it as a, as a compliment. It's like a knighthood. It's like a title. But anyway, right, I'll guys. I'll take it. I'll yeah, take it. Absolutely. Um, Andrew, this is your topic. Very, very interesting topic. So I'm going to throw it over to you right away and get us started on this one. Tonight is going to be a myth buster slash conspiracy buster type episode you know an ongoing theme an ongoing thread in our discussions on this podcast is the power of the internet power of social media and the power of 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 you know the messages that can be conveyed on social media obviously with the with the advent of the internet and then not too long after that the advent of social media um, we've had access as a society to such a powerful tool. And I always go back to the fact it is such a powerful tool for, for the commoners, quote unquote, to communicate to each other um, on a platform that didn't exist before. Now, the negative side of that is that the internet, you know, even though it's been around for almost 30 years, is still the wild, wild west. And that leads me directly into, into tonight's topic, which I'll be talking about the darker side of the WWW. The dark web. Um, the dark, well, not necessarily the dark web, although that there, there you know, there is a, that. I don't wanna no. downplay that. But seriously, I wanna talk about conspiracy theories because one, one of the ill effects, one of the negative sides of social media is that there's a lot of room for misinformation. There's a lot of room for hate groups and, and, and you know, spreading um, negativity as well as just spreading misinformation at large. And so three topics I want to dive into tonight, and we'll cover them all for about 10 minutes or so. 9-11, was it an inside job? Did the government know about it? Who was really behind the collapse of the Twin Towers and the crash at the Pentagon? Okay. Number two. The earth is flat. You heard me right. I just said it. There are people out there who think the earth is flat. And these are well-educated people on taking to social media and other mediums as well to talk about the flat earth. Okay. Yeah. And number three, we'll be talking about the fact that a lot of people out there think that vaccines cause autism. Okay. Let that all you know, sink in for a minute. And uh, we'll we'll jump right in. So, guys, um, I mean, we're we're you know 20 years, um, almost 20 years past the events of 9/11 from wow. September 11th, um, 2001. I still remember and, where I was when that happened. I yeah, where were you? Wow. And where were uh, you? I think where were you? Where was I? I was in yeah. grade seven. And I remember I was studying at the library with some friends and none of us had cell phones yet. Right. And so I'm 12 years old and they're, they're all talking about, Hey, did you hear this happen? Did you hear this happen? And we don't think it's true. And then the principal calls us in for an emergency meeting in the gymnasium. And she tells us what happens. And at the time she's like, 
the World Trade Centers have been taken down. And I'm like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And then we were all dismissed at around noon to go home. And then I watched it on the news with my parents. But I still remember that vividly, very vividly. And, and you know what? Thanks for sharing that, Misha. And I actually remember it very well because I was in grade 10 English class at the time. And, and I remember the teachers and the principal and whatnot were rolling these uh, TVs out into the, you know, the TVs on the stands that you could yes. roll around. They rolled those carts out into the hall and everyone was, was just glued to the TV set. And it took a couple of minutes, but then it dawned on me that my father was actually in New York City at the time in Manhattan what? on a business trip. And I don't tell this story to a lot of people. And you know what? If he had stayed at the same hotel that he had, that he had historically on his business trips, he would have been pretty fucking close to ground zero. Now, thank goodness he, he wasn't affected. No one from his work was ill-affected. And they did take refuge in New Jersey. Um, at his boss's place but man it was it took me a couple minutes to clue into it that my father was actually in new york city at wow. the time at the time of 9 11 so, so you know you know it, it's one of those things even though it, it was an american event and, and, and that affected new yorkers and, and americans at large it, it affected the world and and it really ushered in the age of terrorism i mean we've had acts of terrorism historically before that but I think when it happens to somewhere like the United States, like a main city like um, New York at, at, a, at a very historical um, and, and very um, important landmark, like the, like the World Trade Center, it does have an impact on people. And so that brings me to conspiracy theory slash myth number one. And I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys for interpretation on this. So, you know, doing some digging around and, and having looked into this in the past, you know, there are people that believe that the U.S. government prior to the event, to the, excuse me, prior to the events of 9-11 did have knowledge of planned attacks and either they were in on it, which is the extreme version, or at the very least, they, they heard bits and pieces about this planned attack and really did nothing. And yeah. we have to remember that this was, I mean, I don't, after seeing Trump and what he was, you know, did during his time, it makes George Bush look not quite as bad, but I was never a big George Bush fan. I was just never a Republican fan in general. I was not a fan of George Bush. And, and I remember when I looked at this topic years ago, I almost questioned the fact, did the, did the Bush administration have any previous knowledge of 9-11? Um, could there have anything, could, we, could their administration have done anything to prevent the terrorist attacks, not only at the Pentagon, sorry, at the uh, Pentagon, but also at the Trade Center. Um, and, and could there have been any counter-terrorist measures or, you know, security measures in place? Um, people go as far to say as that, that there was explosives planted in, in the Trade Center and, and um, detonated at the time of the, of the impact of the plane. Um, to make it look like it was an explosion with, because of the plane, but meanwhile it was actually a demolition. Um, what do you guys think? To to what degree um, was the U.S. government involved, if any, and could they have done anything better? What do you guys feel about the events of uh, 9/11? I'll, I guess I'll throw I'll it over to. Alex I'll just first. jump in. What's yeah. that? I said I'm going to throw it over to you first to to jump in with your thoughts, Alpo. All right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when something like this happens, it's it's upsetting. It got everybody was very angry after it happened. 
And I think, you know, it's pretty natural to, to want to point the finger and, and blame somebody. And I think there definitely was uh, something to this. I mean, there's the, the government did fail the American people. There's no question about that. I don't think it, they necessarily conspired against the American people, um, but there was definitely some major failings. Um, you know, there's no reason why the, the measures, the security measures in airports um, that are in place today couldn't have been implemented a long time ago. It's yeah. amazing to me that nobody saw that coming. Uh, that's, that's startling. Um, but yeah, like did, you know, did somebody actually plant explosives? I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the conspiracy theories revolve around the, um, the physics of how buildings fall. And, uh, you know, how is it possible that, um, that the jet fuel and the fire could have been hot enough to melt steel? And I think it's uh, fairly easily debunkable. Um, you know, you've got, you've got steel which can lose its integrity because it melts, or it can also lose its integrity just because it gets warmer, it gets more malleable. Um, and not to mention there's like 15 floors of World Trade Center building on top of that. Metal. Yeah, it goes right through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, just, I really think that uh, the physics of how buildings fall, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to think that a, that a giant Boeing 747 or whatever it was could yeah. bring them down. I think it's, it's fairly straightforward to me. Nice. So yeah, it sounds like there's some doubts in your mind. And, and you know, when I was 20 years old doing, doing a Stupart News uh, broadcast on this, you know, eight, about, about 10 or 11 years ago, I think as a 20 or 20 something, I was a little bit more critical of the government. I think I was a lot more rebellious back then. And I think as rebellious people, we tend to go up against, you know, the government or whoever the authority is. So at that time, I thought it was actually possible that someone in the Bush administration went as far as to plant explosives. Um, but then now, as a 30-something, as a I just don't think that that's As that's a reasonable. wise, intelligent 30-something. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go as far as saying wise <laughs> yeah, and intelligent, but I appreciate that. All a little more knowledgeable. I think as we, as we get older in time, you know, we come to realize that even though the government has flaws, and to your point, Alpo, they could have done a lot more, you know, previous to this in terms of security measures and, and airport security and whatnot. But I think it is a stretch to say that the government went as far as actually planning explosives. And let me just, before I throw it over to you, Nisha, part of the overarching, I guess, suspicion and part of the overarching reason that, that people have gone as far as to say this is because if, you know, ultimately people are saying that by having this terror attack, this terror attack being orchestrated by the government, it gave an excuse to start the war on terror and to go into the Middle East and basically yeah. get access to oil. Um, Misha, what do you have to say about that? Uh, what, how, how far do you think the, the government went on this thing? Well, you know what? I, I couldn't agree with you more, Andrew. I'm 100% with you. When I was younger, teenager, a little bit more rebellious. I call it when I was going through my Che Guevara years. Um, I thought that um, the government was in on it. But as I get a little bit older, I realize, my goodness, it would have taken thousands and thousands of people to pull this off for 
for a leak not to come through and us not to figure out something would have been virtually almost impossible. But I don't know if you guys have seen the documentary Fahrenheit 9-11 by Michael Moore. Yes, Michael Moore. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's quite uh, brilliant. I don't, I don't watch a lot of Michael Moore. But... Oh, you're not a fan? <laughs> you know what? That's a that's a whole that's a topic for a whole nother show. Um, Michael Moore documentaries. <laughs> but anyway, back uh, back to my point. Yeah, you know the Bushes, and it's funny how George Bush's reputation is now much better because of Trump. You know, he's resting at his Texas ranch, going, oh, "My reputation ain't so bad now." That's but, right, man. It's like it's like <laughs> the most evil person in the world. I, I got to ever... jump in here, guys. I'm sorry. George W. Bush was way worse than Donald Trump. I can totally agree with, I, I can totally understand why people are not a fan of Donald Trump, but there's this thing where, where it's like the most recent tyrant is the worst, right? But yeah. George W. Bush, I, I was actually a liberal when he was in power and, uh, and I hated George W. Bush oh, yeah. so much and, and still am not a big fan to this day. Um, no longer a liberal, but my my distaste for George W. Bush remains. remains. Um, he was the worst president the Americans have ever seen. Um, you know, you know what I will say about uh, George W. Bush, though, and my brother put it the best. I never agreed with any of his politics, but he's the kind of guy that I'd love to sit down at a bar and have a beer with. Because he's the kind of guy that would buy all of your friends a round of drinks. And I, I used to live in Texas for our viewers out there. And I always found that um, Republicans, ironically, were some of the nicest people. If you went to a party, they'd, be, they'd always make sure you have a beer in your hand, you have uh, some, some food in your other hand, and you were always well taken care of. But anyway, that's a side point. Um, back to the topic at hand. Um, in that documentary, talked about how there were a lot of business dealings with the Saudi, uh, with, with the, the Saudi Arabs. And um, so basically, it does not surprise me if it was a spark, if you will, Andrew. If it's basically, it was an excuse to go into Iraq and Afghanistan and say it was for oil and business, when in fact, it might have been for something completely else. So I think it was always on the Bush administration's mind to possibly do this, but they were just looking for a motivation. They were never actually going to do it themselves. That's why I don't agree that they had planned it. But I do believe that maybe when it did happen, they were like, oh, yes, this is an opportunity. Boom. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, Misha, the other thing is they didn't take the oil. They, they no, really yeah. didn't take too much of the oil. They, they left it there, which was a mistake in my opinion. Well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off something Misha said because I did see that do that documentary. I've seen a lot of Michael Moore's stuff, and and I remember seeing that in theaters, Fahrenheit sorry Fahrenheit 9/11, yeah, yeah. And you have to remember that Bush Senior, his father, um, actually funded um, the the weaponization of some of these you know um, people, some of these extremists. In he built um, those relationships, yeah. yeah. Oh, there was built relationships. And, and it's, it, we really, you know, the American people and the Canadians in the world at large forget very quickly that there was those, those predetermined, pre-established relationships in the late 80s, early 90s in the Middle East with the, with the Bush senior administration. And then all of a sudden, this catastrophic terrorist event happens in, in September 
2001, and then all of a sudden they're the enemy. Yeah. And and so I won't go as far as saying that it was a that it was planned by the government or that the government had like you know decided to demolish the building for for an excuse to go in, but it certainly didn't um, hurt their their motivations, right? Like. Maybe, maybe it was a full-out terrorist attack and maybe maybe the Bush administration had nothing to do with it. Um, I we, could argue all day, we could argue all day about whether or not they were prepared enough in terms of security measures. But at the end of the day, it, their agenda was met when they were able to go in and, and, um, and, and call, you know, basically um, escalate the war, the conflict in Iraq and have the war in Iraq. And you, and you have to remember that war is good for business. You said it yourself in the last episode, Misha, that war is good for business. And, and you know, George Bush looked like a war hero because you have to remember that the, that the U.S. president is also the commander-in-chief of the U.S. military. And so what props up a leader better than, than, than anything else is being a war hero and being in command of an army. And you know what? Yeah, Andrew, it goes back to the Roman times. It's a simple, and this is still uh, relevant today. People love victories. And that's very black and white. But if you if you are a war president and you deliver on victories, like when Obama caught uh, Osama bin Laden. Oh, yeah. And he was a hero at that time. If you do those kinds of things, the average Joe Blow, who's a bit of an idiot, will think you're brilliant. Right? <laughs> oh, for simple. sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. and I think you do have a point there, Stupart. I mean, he did win re-election after all, so he was doing something right. Guys, I'm going to move on, but any before I do, any other closing thoughts around 9-11, the war in Iraq, um, but Osama bin Laden, or anything, anything to do with 9-11 in general, guys, before we move on? They were just looking to make a sweet new condo development. That's really what it was all about. Pretty much, right? Pretty You're much your first. <laughs> War is good for business. War is good for the bottom yeah. line. So, guys, I appreciate it's very valuable land. This is true. This is true, guys. I appreciate the thoughts. Um, I don't think we'll ever have a straightforward answer on 9/11, but I think it's safe to say that well, it maybe wasn't caused directly by the government. They maybe could have done more to prevent it. And and let's be real, you know, this this event did allow for an opportunity for war. So there's always that. Yeah. Um, guys, I am going to move on. Um, it, it boggles my mind that in the 21st century, you know, a couple hundred years after the invention of the telescope and, and the Isaac Newton's discovery of, it wasn't Isaac Newton that discovered gravity, right? I'm not getting mixed up. Yeah. So the discovery of gravity, the discovery of the telescope, you know, advanced cartography, the advanced map making and all this sort of stuff. And, 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 and even now, we've in the last century, we've seen man go to the moon, okay? All these things. And still, people believe that the Earth is flat and that the whole curvature of the Earth is a conspiracy. Mm. Um, it, it fucking boggles my mind that there are intelligent people out there who actually think that the Earth is a disk. And I'm going to read this right off my phone because you guys have to hear it to believe it. Um, and I quote, the leading flat earther theory holds that Earth is a disk with the Arctic Circle in the center and our and and our Antarctica um, a 150 foot wall of ice around the rim, and that NASA employees um, guard this wall to prevent people from falling over. 
So basically oh. the earth is a disc, Antarctica's in the middle, and you're not gonna fall over because there's a fucking ice rim around it. And, and Wrong. The Antarctica is, is the ice rim. Obviously, you don't know how this works. Oh, yeah. Obviously, I don't know how geography <laughs> works, right, Alex? You know, you have Antarctica as this ice rim around the outside. Um, and, and, you know, the scary thing is I've seen documentaries on this. Not only is it a, a conspiracy theory, but people have actually spent their own personal money to run these really, like, sophisticated experiments to try and disprove the fact that the Earth is, uh, is curved, Okay. So, wow. Misha, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. You know what? The best, uh, I don't know if you guys know Kyrie Irving, the basketball player. But he came out maybe no less than a year ago talking about how he believed that the earth was flat. And uh, it was all over the news. And I just kept, I was rubbing my temples going, my goodness, what, what more proof do people need? And this kind of goes with all the conspiracies, right? You have all the pictures taken from space, right? You have all of the books that you can look up. But I think people, there will always be salmons out there. And what I mean by <laughs> that is, you know, most fish swim this way of the current, right? But salmons always go the opposite direction of everyone else. And I feel yeah. like some people do that just to spark controversy, right? right? It, that's why right. we can never agree on on anything so ah, i hate to say this but there are just some dumb people out there and i'm like guys this was a theory maybe 600 700 years ago yes. this this has been debunked there there yes. is no you don't need any more proof so i, I think it's linked with stupid stupidity ignorance and, and just people looking for controversy for controversy's sake and you know what's what's what bothers me? It's a, it is really intelligent people, as you as you point out, celebrities, um, and just people who have the extra like disposable income. These are not poor people that are maybe don't have a you know good education or are lacking like schooling or whatever. Yeah. These are affluent people who have the disposable income. And I'll give you an example before I throw it over to Alex because I'm sure you got a lot to say on this, buddy. Um, oh yeah. And we'll get, we'll get to you in a minute. Don't you, don't you uh, dare go anywhere. Um, so one of the key things in this documentary was the fact that people would set up these like laser kind of pointer type things on, on a field, for example, and they would set them up so many hundred yards apart and they would try and, and, and see if, um, if, if, if everything was balanced and, and they say, well, you know, um, if this is off a little bit, then that must mean that there's a curve to the earth, but everything lined up. So yeah. that means that the earth is flat, right? Because they're basically using this laser as, as, um, as um, a constant to like measure whether or not there's a difference between this pole here and this pole here in terms of the beams lining up. And people actually put money into doing this, this experiment. Um, Alex, what do you have to say on this, man? It just boggles my fucking mind every time I hear about it. I got to tell you guys, I think you're... Uh... I think you're a little off the mark on this one. Oh man! I, know, I think <laughs> I can't believe what I'm hearing. I think, okay, I think maybe maybe you guys are on the payroll. What? You guys are getting paid. Hey, you guys I, are I getting paid so. to say what you're doing there. That's obviously what's going on. Um, you know, clearly, I think when it comes to flat Earth, uh, the CIA has a uh, 
a history of trying to control people's minds and uh, they will put any amount of um, propaganda out there to convince people of things. And there's a lot of money in the round earth theory, right? So if you have people convinced that uh, the earth is round and, and, and uh, basically spherical, um, there's a lot of money to be made in that. So, um, so yeah, I, I definitely think there's something to this one. So, uh, so Alex, I don't know what kind of drugs you're on or what type of uh, doubles advocate play you're trying to do here, but do you have anything actually to say or, or should we move on to the final topic? Honestly, I, I know I've seen, I've seen the pictures, I've seen the video, but there's a million different explanations to, uh, you know, if the, if the sun hits the, hits the image in just the right way. I think uh, I think it could look like a sphere, but really it's it's obvious. This is why we do this show. If we all agreed, <laughs> it'd be boring. This is true. This is true. I kind of I was kind of worried when no. I was doing when I was when I was setting up for this show because I'm like we're all intelligent, well spoken people at least for the most part. Someone someone's going <laughs> to disagree here. I, I, gotta, I, guess, I just got to say something. You got to admit that people that believe the Earth is flat are cooler. They're obviously cooler than round earthers. There's no question. You know, I'll take my my uh, lame ass round earth um, <laughs> acceptance every day of the year. But I mean, to each their own. We on on the lockdown lowdown. We don't pass judgment. This is a free speech um, forum here. And so, Alpo, if you want to be one of those cool cats <laughs> who's, who's chilling with the flat earthers, like by all I means. I'm just going to, I do want to break character for a second here because I, I did actually, um, I did actually watch a, a Beyond the Curve. Did you oh, guys yes. watch that? Yes, that's a great oh one. It's a great one. Oh, that was fantastic. It was an amazing documentary. It was actually, believe it or not, it was actually kind of unbiased. It wasn't like a, a CBC, like prove people wrong type of bullshit. Um, yes. But like it was actually kind of unbiased, and it obviously, at the end of the day, drove home the point that that these people are a little crazy, and there is obviously a, a mental health epidemic here. Yeah. Um, but I think I think um, it's really interesting how this is more than just a conspiracy theory. Um, it's actually it's a culture. Um, these people mm -hmm. have sort of like. Um, patched together people from all over the world into this this group where they have their own uh, dating websites they have folk yeah. songs they have um, get-togethers and in, in yeah. all of the major cities across the world they have they have these uh, these things where everybody gets together and they all sort of fraternize with each other and they've got like they've actually got different factions within it like some some flat earthers are, are starkly opposed to other flat earthers. And um, I, think it's, I think it's interesting how this uh, conspiracy theory is actually something more than that. It's, it's like a, a gathering of people yeah. that have various levels of mental illness. Yeah. And they're all sort of, some of them are feeding off of each other's um, wild ideas and uh and i think other ones are just happy to meet other people that that think like they do so yeah. I, it's actually a lot uh 
there's a lot more to it than just a wacky conspiracy theory. And, uh, and I, I am going to say, I'm not actually a flat earther, but it's, <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> I'm, glad you broke, I'm glad you broke character there, Alba. I was a little bit worried for a second. I was going to reevaluate our friendship. Um, <laughs> no. And you know what? It's, it's, um, you're right, Alex. And I, and I did too watch this documentary. It's fascinating. Um, listeners, if you do get a chance, not only did we talk about Fahrenheit, Height 9-11, the Michael Moore films, and I love, I'm a big fan of Michael Moore, but if, but if you do get around to hopping onto Netflix, I definitely recommend Beyond the Curve. There's a lot of great documentary content on Netflix. It, that's actually what it's known for. Um, it, there's some fantastic documentary content on there, and Beyond the Curve's definitely one of my favorites. And you're right, Alpo, it really is a movement. It's, it's a culture, it's a movement. There's factions all over the world, and I remember watching that. Um, the thing that just boggles my mind is like, this isn't 1621, it's 2021. Yeah. And I feel like these people who believe that the earth is flat must also, by default, also believe that the moon landing never happened and that that was faked. And we, we're not actually um, talking about the moon landing tonight. That's not one of the topics, but it is sort of something I wanted to bring up because if you think the earth is flat, then that must mean that you, that you, um, by default did not believe that astronaut astronauts actually landed on the moon because that's where we got the first photograph you know well one of the first photographs i should say not the first but one of the first photographs of these guys standing on the moon and taking a, a picture of the earth yeah. from the perspective of the moon so you know once a conspiracy theorist always one um yeah i guess now before we move on misha did you have any closing thoughts or last last minute um sort of interpretations about this whole flat earth situation um i again i i think it's preposterous to be honest with you but it, it goes to the fact that uh i think anyone who has old really old-fashioned viewpoints and now living in europe myself i see it a lot more uh, in ireland a country that's a lot older very catholic you see people with very old-fashioned points of view and so when I think of the, the flat earth thing, I go, my God, are we in 16, like 22 still? Like, my God, I understand people have their beliefs and that's totally cool, but you also have to evolve and accept that times are changing and accept that technology is progressing and embrace that, right? And I just feel like a lot of these conspiracy theorists don't do that. They stick to their guns and no matter what new evidence comes out, they stick to it and that's wrong can i say something can i say something yeah, no, before ahead, we move on i know i yeah. know stoops you're about to pull the trigger on the next one but uh, i just want to say like like all of these conspiracy theorists have something in common and that's like a a, a deep mistrust of authoritative mm -hmm. sources mm -hmm. um, scientific sources government sources like you tell these people oh all these scientists and all these um, elite educators and all these government people, they all agree. And it's like, that's yeah. the opposite of what these people want to hear. They don't, they don't, uh, they don't like these people, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, and it, and it's just, it's interesting to me that all these people just have a problem with being told what to believe. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think there is maybe somewhat of a value to what they're saying in that 
they um, they want to see it with their own eyes, uh, mm. and that's not that's not the worst attitude. And that's kind mm. of what science is based off of. Is like show me the proof, and then I will believe it. Um, don't just tell me this and tell me that. And uh, and you know, so so in a in a way, I think a healthy amount of skepticism is a good thing. Um, whether or not that's always the case is debatable. Three. <laughs> yeah. So guys, I appreciate the thoughts there. And it's, you know, some people just want to have their own opinion, despite all the data that you throw at them, pictures of the earth, um, undisputable scientific data. Some people just want to do their own thing. So maybe I, maybe I'm judging too harshly and, and it is what it is. I mean, these people are not harming others. Um, they're just believing in something a little bit, a little bit silly, but you know, no, I'm a, you know what? I'm going to disagree. They are harming because <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh, <laughs> it's own. It's own like the breaking down. Maybe, maybe they're harming the minds of children who have, who have yet to go to a science class. Maybe I just, I just, uh, to be honest with you, there are some things in this world that I can't, I, I know everything is subjective, I guess. And yeah. it's all about opinion, but yeah. Some people's opinions think, are just wrong. It's just it's harmless. Though. It's harmless skepticism. And, you know, one more final point tonight, and I'm going to always bring it back to the topic of, you know, the internet is a wonderful tool. Social media is wonderful. It connects people, but it's also dangerous. And there is a lot of misinformation out there and specifically medical misinformation, which I think is the most dangerous propaganda of, of all, you know, People can argue until they're blue in the face about 9-11, who caused it, what degree of responsibility the government had in, in preventing 9-11, et cetera. Whether the earth is flat or not, you know, people, if people want to believe that to each their own, right? But this next topic is a dangerous topic, as I said, and, it, and it's been ballooning because of the, the vehicle that is social media and, and the prevalence that we have as a society that's glued to our phones. There's a lot of information excuse me, there's a lot of misinformation out there about vaccinations, specifically that they cause autism. And we're living in a time of COVID-19. We've been in, you know, on economic shutdown. Um, we've seen high death rates higher than, you know, and so almost higher than influenza in a, in a year in the States. I don't know the exact numbers, but, you know, we've had some serious casualties, not only financially, economically, but also just life and death, the, you know, in its purest form because of, because of um, COVID-19. And yet there are these people out there who are anti-maskers, but more specifically than that, they're anti-vaxxers. And there is a myth, not specifically to do with the COVID vaccine, because you know, this topic that I'm gonna be talking about in general, I just wanna generally talk on, you know, about vaccinations, but there is a myth out there that vaccinations cause autism. And specifically in this particular case, where this stemmed from was a scholarly article published in 1998. Um, and this was a professional article, professionally published and written, that there's a link between the MMR vaccine, which is the mumps, measles, and rubella vaccine, which is a very typical childhood vaccine, that there's a link between that and, and childhood autism. And despite, you know, having this article having been retracted 
and 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 disproven and that link being severed where, where we've now you know 23 years on concluded that there is no link between the this MMR you know measles vaccine and and autism there still is that perpetuated general belief that there's a link and Misha I guess I'll throw it over to you um you know, do you think that misinformation on social media is dangerous? And do you think that that, um, like, what do you have to say about this whole topic of, of um, medical misinformation on social media and uh, vaccinations? Well, I'll start with the misinformation. One thing I will say, I have never used, <laughs> I can't even say that seriously. I've never used Facebook or Instagram for credible information. I can't. I can't even say that with a straight face. I just think anytime I need information on something that is serious to me, I always go to a credible source. And you don't have to be a genius to know what a credible source is. If we're talking vaccination, your family doctor's website. Okay, that is a credible source. Uh, maybe your local hospital, the information they're giving out. What someone is posting on Facebook or even through Facebook ads, I will always question those things. So I always go to a source and I encourage everyone to do that. In terms of the COVID vaccination, so I'm a very liberal person. I consider myself left wing, but in terms of the vaccinations, I will personally come to everyone's house and vaccinate themselves. I do not care what your moral values are, your religious beliefs. We have to look past that and look at the bigger picture. If if we have herd immunity, the economy comes back, everyone goes, goes back to work, arts workers go back to work, and people are healthier. It's a win-win for everyone. So in terms of the vaccinations, leave whatever you believe in, just put it aside for a quick second, get your vaccination. And if, and if you don't feel you need one, there should be some kind of mandatory testing that says, okay, if you don't wanna get vaccinated, you have to pass this, 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 and this. And if you pass that, then you don't have to get vaccinated. But that would be very few people. So my opinion, vaccinate everyone. Now that's interesting hearing that come from you, Misha. You consider yourself to be liberal. I'm fairly liberal as well. And, and, and even then, I have a very hard stance on this. Yeah. I mean, generally, I believe in, in that people should be able to police their own bodies and, and, and um have a say in terms of what they don't do or do not put into their body and that we do live in a liberal society where it's you know freedom of choice that being said i feel like if we if we need to if we're going to allow the economy as well as human beings to heal um yeah. we need to as to your point have this herd immunity as you said misha number one and then number two on the economic you know element we need to see things go back to normal i know that i have the comfort of working behind a desk which i'm very grateful for but i know that you misha and you alex work in the field and that this yeah. um coronavirus pandemic has had a an effect on your livelihood whether it means having to cancel gigs or reduced hours at work or whatever so alex i'll throw it over to you um where do you draw the line between policing people's bodies and and really hitting home the importance of this vaccine and making sure that everyone gets it Oh, I will say, uh, Alex, yeah. before you start, uh, I also just wanted to add to my point. Um, I remember as a baby getting, because in Santiago, Chile, we had to get, uh, hepatitis was huge. And right when I was born, I got my hepatitis B shots and these polio shots, measles shots. 
at the time, I don't know if I was younger, but I don't remember as much controversy around getting certain shots. But now with this COVID shot, people are like, oh, I don't, I don't know where it's coming from. And da, 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 da. I'm like, why is this so controversial now? Something else will come in five years from now that we're going to need another vaccine for. This is just the way the world is. And we have to adapt. Like the world is very, very dirty and there's lots of viruses and vaccines are a part of countering that. So we have to put everything aside to get those vaccinations. Sorry, Alex. Listen, I agree with you guys. Donald Trump funded these vaccine research, um, you know, and obviously if Donald Trump funded it, it's got to be good, right? So hit me up. Hit me up, guys. (laughs) It's got the the Trump seal of approval on it, right, Alpo? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. Um, No, I agree with you 100%, Misha. Like, we, we sort of have to put our our own things aside right now. Everybody's been inconvenienced at the very least. Maybe you've even been killed uh, as a result of COVID-19 or lost a loved one or something like that. It's, It's very serious. We all just have to just like, this is obviously our only way out of this awful situation is to just take that needle and get it done. Um, However, uh, just playing the devil's advocate here, if for religious reasons you're, you're not into it, or if for whatever reason you're not into it, you know, what, is the, uh, what are the limitations on the government's power over your body? And like, are they, do they have jurisdiction over the inside of your body and, tell, and are they able to tell you that you have to take this injection? Um, I think there's something questionable about that. There's something ethical about that that does rub me the wrong way. Um, although I do think that people should definitely get that vaccine. Yeah. You know, a common thread that we've seen in this show is about where do we draw that line with, with government power? And we've talked about censorship on social media in the past. And where do we draw that line of authority with, with the government um, kind of stepping in? But I, I think, you know, this is another question of where does, at what point does the government step in and regulate and, and enforce? And I'm, and I'm going to use a couple different examples. Um, it's like, you know, there's this, there's this very key saying, especially for anyone who's hopefully pretty much pro-feminist uh, movement and pro, um, pro-choice and whatever, you know, it's my body, my choice. And that, you know, if a woman has the right to choose whether or not she has an abortion given, given an unwanted pregnancy, does that equate to whether or not someone has the choice to take a vaccination? And I'll even throw a third scenario out there. Um, while something like cannabis has been legal in Canada across the nation for a couple of years now, and in certain um, liberal states as well, for, for example, Calif- I think California has pretty liberal pot laws as well. Um, you know, that's another perfect example. You know, if it's illegal for someone to do a harder drug, you know, putting cannabis aside, I'm talking like heroin, uh, for example, if it's literally illegal for someone to inject themselves with an opioid, which is the most powerful drug out there, you know, does that mean it should be, you know, what, what are the, how can we compare that to, okay, this is a vaccination you have to take. This is a needle you have to put in your arm. So I'm going to ask you guys, like when it comes to you, you mentioned your body, Alex, and that's why I thought about the abortion, your body, your choice um, analogy as well, or I guess I should say comparison. 
or as well as, as uh, uh, the third one that I mentioned about in intravenous drugs, these are all things that happen to your body and your body is a personal space. So how do you guys feel about the government step, stepping in and, and having some authority over what happens to your body? Well, uh, to answer that, to me, it's all about the big picture. So for something like a, abortion, um, that is concerning that one individual woman and her family and the people that are around her. So for me, that is completely her choice, what she decides to do, right? But in terms of the vaccinations, if you choose not to get vaccinated, that can affect everyone. Because if, if enough people decide to not get it, we don't build that herd immunity and we don't go, we don't build the economy back up and all go back to work, right? So it, it's, a, it's a, I don't wanna say it's a bigger issue because they're both very big, important issues. But the whole vaccination thing literally affects everyone. But with the abortion, it's that one individual person and their immediate family members in their lives. So I think with the vaccinations, you have to bite your own tongue and get it. So some people might disagree, but if the government came up with the law that everyone has to get vaccinated or something will happen, you'll pay a huge fine or jail time. I'd support it, I think. In terms of the vaccine, oh, I, I don't no, know. I mean, uh, Misha, I really feel like you're you're sort of like on both sides of the fence here. I think you gotta, I think you gotta pick one. I'm I think you gotta pick to one. Is it is it your body, your choice, or isn't it? Your body <laughs> is, except with vaccinations. Get vaccinated, everyone else. <laughs> well, I mean, really, it's the other analogy I made was drug use, right? And I and it's like there is a reason for heavier drugs, you know, cannabis aside, which is more or less like a, a lighter drug, but I'm talking about, again, opioids or crack cocaine, methamphetamine, you know, does injecting heroin, if, if, if that was allowed in society, then obviously it's an, a hugely, hugely addictive substance. Um, we would be, we would have a higher ec epidemic of drug use, you know, whether it's, elite, you know, it, especially if it was like opened up, you know, to, and, and, ex and socially acceptable to just walk down the street and do your, your, uh, you know, an injection of heroin, we'd have, we, we would be overcome in a society of, of uh, addicts. So, I mean, at, on the flip side of that, you know, we don't want to be overcome with COVID. So sh shouldn't there be some sort of intervention, government intervention in place to, to kind of, to kind of push us in the right direction and, 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 and make sure everyone gets vaccinated. So Alex, I don't know if you have any more, anything more to say on the whole government uh, intervention side of things. Um, well, honestly, I think, uh, I think I, I tend to lean towards the government should stay out of my business as much as possible. Yeah. And that uh, everybody should sort of like do their own research and, and come to their own uh, decision and make the right decision, hopefully. So that's that's all I got. That was a very uh, uh, the political thing to say. You know, you're, that, was, that was very clean. I, lo I love it. <laughs> it was clean, man. No, and and Misha, something that I'll say as well. We so we talked about the my body my choice analogy. We've talked about you know who says when you can inject one thing or another into your body and who how do we police that now. Obviously, we all want to go back to quote unquote normal, whatever the new normal is, and we need to have some measures in place, you know, to get as much herd immunity as possible. Now, 
as we've, as we've discussed, there's always going to be people who have the reasons not to take a vaccination. Um, what about religious reasons? Um, Misha, I'll throw it over to you just because I know you said you've lived in Ireland, which you said is, has more of a Roman Catholic base to it. And there's a heavy religious element to the, to the um, Irish culture. How do you feel about religion as a means to um, refuse vaccinations? Well, it's interesting, you know, living here in Ireland, being a Canadian, and I don't want to say Ireland is not progressive because they are actually, uh, but compared to a country like Canada, not so much. And it makes sense. Ireland has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years longer than Canada has, and they come from a very Catholic country. So I, I in Ireland, I usually keep my political views to myself when I'm talking to my Irish colleagues, but um, this is an issue that is bigger than religion, right? So I mentioned it before, I, I would say people need to bite their tongue and leave your moral compass of whatever your religious beliefs are and look at the bigger picture. Hey, I'm going to help save lives, put people back to work, which does save people's lives. People have lost their businesses their livelihoods, right? That's as much as dying from COVID-19, all right? And if getting a herd immunity is the only way to get things back on track, then please, I would urge everyone, put those religious beliefs aside just for now and get vaccinated. Look at the bigger picture. So Stupar, to answer your question, religion to me has nothing to do with it. And I know that's for some people that will disagree with me wholeheartedly, but to me, it's not in the equation. Alex, did you want to jump on that one um, and just kind of say your thoughts around, you know, at what point do we let people have their own beliefs and, and, and really encompass this feeling of, of living in Canada, which is a multicultural open society where you can practice whatever religion you want. And how do we balance that with the need for herd immunity and for people to, as you said, Misha, put their, their religious beliefs aside for the greater good, which is, um, you know, getting vaccinated. Alex, what's your stance on that? Um, I think there should be mass ex execution camps for people that don't uh, toe the line and people that don't um, follow the official narrative. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I, might have, I might have to edit that out for like the, you know, I want to keep my, I want to keep my job. So, so I don't know about you. I don't want to get fired. So I think, yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to, I don't even know if I want to. <laughs> it's keep, obvious. Keep it's a joke, Stupart. Leave know, it in. I know, don't, I know. don't you censor me, Stupart. Alex, you're a really good, good actor, man. I bought that. At first, I didn't quite know like, you were joking. He was, straight -eyed. <laughs> he was like stone cold in the face, like saying to people that I won't even repeat it. I won't repeat it. But Alex, <laughs> no, we'll, we'll throw, no, seriously, though, we'll, we'll throw it back to you around you know, again, what's your stance on freedom of religion versus the need to put those views aside for the greater good? Um, I think uh, I think this is a, a great uh, example of where we all we all need to realize, you know, what we all need to live in reality and just realize the way out of this is va vaccinations. There's no well, ultimately you do agree with me then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I do, in principle, yes. 
You just ate up about three minutes of our time on this show. Our time with your stupid <laughs> joke, Alex. No, no, seriously, I'm glad. I mean, it's this is a very serious topic, so if you can poke a little fun at it, I mean, it, it it's a little bit of comic relief, but I mean, overall, it is a very serious topic. Guys, I've listened, I've heard, and, and I'm hearing what you're saying. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's common sense. Um, again, I believe in people's freedom of choice, but I think in, in order to get out of this hole that we've been thrown into because of the pandemic, which is, you know, something we haven't seen before. There's a reason they call it coronavirus is because it's, it's, or, or, sorry, I should say novel coronavirus because it's novel. It's new. We don't, we, it took a while to develop these, these um, vaccines and do that research. So we, we, we'd be fools not to embrace the medical science of the 21st century and get everyone vaccinated. And on that topic, I think I need to bring home the science here. I mean, this, I mean, most of this conversation was about the COVID situation and the, and the you know, getting, getting uh, vaccinated against that. But I mean, let's bring it back to the first topic that I talked about, which was the MMR, the mumps, measles, and rubella um, typical injection that most infants or people, you know, toddlers, whatever, get when they're young. Um, we have to remember, you know, a couple things here. First of all, that article was debunked. And there is a clear cut, just, you know, goes without saying that there is no link to autism. In fact, something that I will say, um, just to further debunk this, autism, the, the rising cases of autism we see in births, in children, in society, has to do with genetic factors, it has to do with environment, and it has to do with um, you know, the, the processed foods we eat and just the, the kind of things we put into our body in terms of um, environment and, and food and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't have to do with whether or not you got vaccinated, okay? So I just want to debunk that right there. Sometimes it's just bad luck. That you know, that? sometimes it's just bad luck. You have two healthy well, parents. Well, sometimes it's bad. And I said, it's bad luck or it's genetics. Like there is no link there. And I think we need to really hit that point home and, and guys, as we close this out, I think we have to remember that the reason that we don't have polio, mumps, rubella, you know, smallpox is because of vaccinations, Yeah, you know, and vaccinations have existed since like the end of the 1700s. And, and, and so we live in this medical, in the last couple hundred years, we've, we've advanced medical, um, We've had, sorry, we've had vet medical and technological advancements where vaccines have become readily available. It's not that these diseases don't exist. These diseases exist. It's not like we've wiped them all out. We're just immune to them and we have longer lifespans and we're living richer lives because we're protected against these vaccines. So guys, before we close it up, any final thoughts around vaccinations and the myths that uh, vaccination, vaccinations cause autism? Um, I would just say to people out there, you know, be smart, do your research, use your common sense, and don't be selfish. Don't think of just yourself. You might think you're invincible, especially if you're young, but you aren't, right? So think of everyone else. Please get vaccinated. I just want to say, I, I may or may not agree with all the conspiracy theories out there, but you're allowed to say what you think and spread it as much as you want. So just go hog wild. I love that. I love that you basically just 
destroyed the wall the 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 progress that i that i built up during this entire conversation (laughs) no but seriously guys no this has been a fantastic episode it was a bit of a longer episode but we had some really good thoughts you know just to recap we talked about the the implications of 9-11 and whether or not the 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 u.s um bush administration could have done anything better to um to enhance security in in this in in the u.s we've talked about the fact that the earth may be a giant fucking disc and and the most dangerous topic of all that that'll bring me back to what i always say is that the internet's a wonderful tool social media is a is a powerful tool that connects people but at the same time it is such a breeding ground for misinformation and 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 specifically on false medical claims so guys we've talked about some really interesting topics tonight um as you said, Misha, I think people in this world of social media need to have common sense, do their own research, do their homework, and make informed decisions and not rely on whatever they read in their in their posts, and yeah. their feed in social media. So, I mean, that wraps up my thoughts on the topic. Um, Misha, I'll, I'll throw it back to you for final thoughts and wrap up of the episode. Yeah, I just want to say... Uh... We hope you enjoyed this episode on some of our selected conspiracy theories and what's going on in the world today. We love talking about these things. If you liked what you saw, hit the like button, hit subscribe, share it with your friends, tell them about the lockdown lowdown. This is Misha, Alex, and Andrew signing off, and we will see you next time.